I'm Jeff Cook. And I'm TJ Wilson. And this is Around the Circle. I'm walking slowly. I'm taking my time. All I could talk in is starting to rhyme. I'm letting go lonely, letting go of strife. I just can't get enough of this beautiful life. Uh... I should have put forth a disclaimer at the beginning of uh, our, our, our episode, which I'm going to do now, which we haven't had to say yet, but this will be an explicit podcast. Mm. Oh, sure. We're going to be talking about heavy drug use. We're going to be talking about some graphic sexual themes. We're going to be talking about death by suicide, and there's a lot of profanities. All right. You want to talk about AIDS? <laughs> Yes. Talk about reframing. We <laughs> rightly have been condemned by. Uh, okay, so dear listener, we've we've gotten some feedback. We don't know if we can get feedback. You and I are normally a hundred percent accurate on all things Enneagram. But right. Exactly. Yeah. Two two big pieces of feedback here recently. One is that it's something you told me off mic um, after the fact. It's that Elton John didn't write his lyrics, and so whoops, our Elton John section may suffer. The conversation still holds. I do think it's the case. A three singing those songs is going to inject some of their own motive into them, and I think there's Agreed. something valuable there. Agree. The second is that we don't do we haven't covered enough female artists, and this is spot on, right? Agreed. This is not this is not the fault of the Enneagram. This is my own unfortunate familiarity with uh, female musicians. Jeff doesn't like female artists. I so. love the hell out of female <laughs> artists, except for I have a very difficult time getting into their motives. Women sure. are very complicated, TJ. <laughs> All right, we're going to get ourselves into trouble here. Mysterious is what I meant to say. Okay, yeah, And sure. captivating. <laughs> one, one, as we move into the eights, uh, one, uh, there are a, actually a bunch of, of eight female musicians we could talk about, but I really mm. want to hit Annie Lennox to start us off. Love it. Annie Lennox is going to be a great archetype for everything that we're going to talk about with the eights. One other footnote to to notice, I think, as we get into Linux music, a lot of times, in my mind and heart, sevens and eights can be one of those mistypes with people when you first encounter them. Sure, the the energy is up, yeah, and the the gluttonous, lustful side can characterize some seven eight folks. Yeah, but what we're gonna see, especially in the music, is just how much different the heart is. The aggression is still there. We're yep. still going hard, and yet topically, and how it's expressed, very different. Very, very different. Yeah. Um, in fact, I would want to argue that the eights music is going to be not only very different from the sevens; it's going to be very different from the threes as well. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. In terms of what's being addressed out of the heart, here's the inner life, mm -hmm. and yet the energy is still there. Yeah. The thing I love most about this. First song is The Drop.
physical and hard, and yep. and we're going. If you were to read the lyrics to "Sweet Dreams," very short, repeated, it feels like it's not about anything at one level. It's very sensual, and yet I think if we dig a little bit, what we actually will find is some real meaning here worth talking about. So, you yeah. got some thoughts on this? Well, I think it's also that it's it's content wise, it's there's there's not a a lot of like amount of content, not not loudness, but the way that the words are used gets to a point fairly quickly. Like that it's an efficient use of of the lyrics. Exactly right. It brings you into a space of understanding yeah. without having to like do a bunch of flowery metaphors and like they 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 don't have to tell a story to make you understand what this song is about. Kurt, I, I love that that we we're not messing around. We're mm-hmm. we are here and talking about something. Yep. And it feels very physical in terms of the the topic at hand. Yeah. There is an intensity of experience here. There is a lustful side here that isn't it's not pornographic in the way that we see in some of the other eights songs specifically we're going to look mm-hmm. at Trent Reznor's work but it's still she's she's bringing up some imagery that probably wouldn't have been spoken of in the 50s 60s sure maybe yeah. 70s yeah i associate the song with like a dominatrix or sadomasochistic sure. kind of yeah, theme song there's a sensuality represented in this song that that i i can't really put my thumb on it because the you're not supposed to. You're just right. supposed to get it, which is is a big part of that that body centric, like eights, nines, and ones feel their place in the world through their body, through their sensual experiences, through the sort of unexplainable sense of knowing where you are. Yep. And this song really points at that. If you were to watch the video, she's in charge. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) This is her space. And she may have traveled the world in the seven seas, but she's talking about her space. And this is where the eightness kind of comes out, where it's not just a, you know, a sensual song. We, We had talked about in our last conversation. I don't, I think she may be creating space for other people. And this is something that eights will do. To to my to my knowledge, I don't I don't know much about any Lennox, but she ends up having an, enough charisma and strength to create a space for people who also during the eighties and specifically perhaps females who may have sexual behaviors that at that point in time may have been shunned or looked down on. Mm-hmm. She's gonna create some big space and say, you know yeah. what? Everybody's got something. Yep. And Journal I'm on the cr- underdog. Right. Yeah. And that's that is eightness for yes. for me in terms of yep. what do eights bring to the table for the sake of others. Often they're gonna create some space for other people to feel yep. like they're protected. Yep. Yeah, most eights are, are very interested in justice. And I don't mean police justice, I mean understanding that like providing a leg up for the underdog, giving safe space for people who are, are outside of the norm, outside of the the protection of being white, male, normal, whatever. Like like there's there's eights have a 
very clear sense of who has the power and who doesn't have the power. Yep. And and part of the music that was happening in the 80s was sort of pointing at some of the like sexual revolution kind of stuff that was going on at the time. Yep. See this in... The only other artist that's popping in my head is somebody like Annie DeFranco, who just again also resonates the mm-hmm. same sort of energy that Annie Lennox does. Yeah. That who am I to disagree ends up being an argument. Like, right. And, and it's punctuated by everybody's looking for something. So it's fine if you're going to object to Joe's sexuality, but you're no different. And there's the justice orientedness yeah of the song yeah oh yeah and once here's the here's the kicker is once she establishes the just argument and says we're all we're everybody's got their thing then she's going to elevate the week and this is how the bridge works which if you didn't know Enneagram, it seems like it's just kind of a hodgepodge but hold your head up keep your head up moving on hold your head up keep your head up moving on This song is sung for somebody to be elevated. Right. And I think that's it. I create the atmosphere where you're safe, and then we're going to, you know, you have power. This you're uh, the person that she's seeking to protect. Right. Hold your head up. Moving on. And I think it, the, if you need further example of why I, f- like, of, of how this communicates the theme, like, the fact that the most famous cover of this song is by Marilyn Manson. Right. It's like that it's the same thing just yep. 15, 20 years later that like someone on the outskirts is able to elevate the people that they are speaking to mm-hmm. with this song. Favorite uh, story about Marilyn Manson is that after Columbine, I was living in Littleton uh, when after the Columbine shootings. Marilyn Manson's music, for some reason, got blamed. Right. And so uh, in Bowling for Columbine, uh, Moore went and just interviewed Manson. So what do you think mm-hmm. about this? Sure. And eventually Moore said something to the extent of, what would you say to these kids? Um, if you had a chance, what would you say to these kids who were going to do this t- terrible thing? Mm-hmm. And Manson said, I wouldn't say anything. I would just listen to them. Yeah. And we're going to talk quite a bit about eights and fours and the authenticity and how that energy works and what do you do. But mm-hmm. something there about curt, direct punch. I'm going to create some space for somebody. Right. And especially somebody like Marilyn Manson, you know, you know, fuck the world kind of right. attitude right. goes along with that. Yeah. The other song by, by Lennox I wanted to hit was Here Comes Rain Again. I suppose it's not just by Lennox, it's by the Eurythmics. love song this has an intensity to it Mm -hmm. when i hear it but it's very intimate 
Yeah. Um, it has lots of physical imagery and she is assertive. Yeah, the 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 physical nature of the intimacy being expressed. Like the 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 feelings are being expressed through physical metaphors. And that's like that's very eight. Chorus says we may talk about this a, a bit of eight females in particular this is a the, the demanding side mm-hmm. of assertive types it's a it's not necessarily a command but there is very much a this is what i want taking place here yeah right right and and thinking about like like you know people who are when they want you to do something, they're going to ask very politely. When you know people who, when they want you to do something, they're going to sort of like tiptoe around it and get you to guess. When you know, correct. When you know people who, when they want you to do something, are, are going to like try and convince you by convincing you it's the right thing to do or whatever. But you also know people who, are, when they want you to do something, they're going to say, I want you to do this. Mm-hmm. Or even potentially do this. Like it, it's not even I want you to do this. It's do this. Yep. Do this thing, and and from like there, there's obviously levels of health represented here, but it's not necessarily a command. It's just the assertive nature of how they see the world, mm-hmm. and the things that I want you to do. I I'm not gonna skip around the fact that I want you to do this. I'm not gonna muddle up our time by couching it in this weird language which is all i do personally me tj wilson and nine that's all i do all day long is tiptoe around the things like couching everything i say in this sense of tact and like like not like passive aggressive like pointing at the thing but eights skip all of that and just do the thing that I want you to do. In romance, this can be, for those who are partnered with eights, can be a great good. There's a lot of reactive types that partner with eights, withdrawn types that partner with eights, who that's exactly what is needed yep. and desired. Yeah. And Once you figure it out, man, it's so much easier to just skip to the point. <laughs> it's great. You want to kiss like lovers do? I'm in. Done. I mean, we could have talked about all sorts of things prior. Yeah. But if this is where we're at. <laughs> Done. You know a song that's not funny? I can think of lots of songs that aren't this, funny. This is actually true. <laughs> the song I most associate with the heart of an eight, and it's just it's more of a reminder. This is what's going on in the heart of my oldest child. I just need to remind myself this is what's going on. Uh-huh. Is Killing in the Name of by Rage Against the Machine. Perfect. Perfect. Underlying feeling of eights is is what? Anger? Is it? I, is it anger? Like rage against the thing that wants to control you. Name yeah. a band after it. Yep, it's perfect. If you were to look at the lines uh, of this song, it covers an entire sheet on my sheet, but it's just re- 
the line is repeated over, over, over. Yeah, over, it's over, like over. four lines over and over again. Yeah. Um, we had talked about, when we did fives, we talked about Jay-Z and uh, 99 Problems. And the second mm-hmm. verse of that is about uh, really terrible human beings who have found their way into positions in law enforcement. And Jay-Z tells the story in a way that is about how I am, this thing is happening to me, but as an observer of my life, I recognize that I am much smarter than the people who are doing these terrible things. Much smarter, aware of his assets, Yeah, has real leverage because he's smarter. Right. At the time I had said, if you want the, the A perspective on this, you know, listen to NWA and sure. their yeah. songs about the police. Hadn't thought about this one, because yeah. this this is, is about the police, mm-hmm. and it goes uh, a step further. Uh, yep. And unless you're paying attention, I don't know that you would know it. But this is sure. this is very much a exposing injustice kind of song, and it has a strong prescription. And uh, well, let's just play it out. Some of those that work forces. Are the same that bar crosses. Some of those that work forces are the same that bar crosses. Just stated up front, some of those that work forces are the same that burn crosses. Who works on the on the force there? there uh, cops. <laughs> He's got. He has opinions. The bridge is gonna build on that. Justify the those that died by wearing the badge. They're the chosen whites. Sometimes things get slurred in such a way that you just are feeling the energy as opposed to mm-hmm. hearing the content. Sure. That, that, that also feels true of a lot of the eight charts. Yeah, which is fine because the 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 thing they want to do is incite. They they want you to do something with this energy. They want to build up energy and and make you do something. You feel it. Yeah. Mention Mozart as a seven. We could easily mention Beethoven as an eight in terms of the music is composed for you to feel it. Yeah. And Beethoven, who many of you will know, was deaf near the end, is composing in order to feel it. Like he's got a piano with without legs on the floor and he's banging on it so that he can feel the vibrations. Right. And understand the music through that way. And that's right. a lot of the eight music I think is going to have that quality. They are killing in the name of. Well, they haven't. They don't tell you. Doesn't matter. But now they. But now you do what they told you. And if you buy into their system, then you're just another stooge. You're just another puppet. Now you do what they told you is an image of. You need to awaken to the fact that. You're under control, which is how the second first or second course goes. And that's the thing that that eights are concerned about. I, not most, but this is one of the driving forces in their life is they don't want to be under someone else's control, and they're challenging authority and and pushing against boundaries because. 
they don't want someone who's unworthy to be in a position where they can tell the eight what to do. Yep. And a person like De La Roche is going to have a special radar for who's out there who might want to control him. Mm-hmm. And if you get into, you know, a lot of Rage's stuff, you'll know that he is a very intelligent person. Everybody in that band is well-read in communist literature and, yeah. you know, government subversion and all the rest. They, they will <laughs> be able to talk to you at very high levels. I want to say the guitarist is a Harvard grad. Um, sure. I mean, um, and there is a lot of id in the composition. Eight's an excess in the composition. Sure. Because of course, well, there, yeah, there, there's, there's so much about justice and like who has the power and whether or not they deserve to have the power. And like some of those that work forces are the same that burn crosses. That means people have authority to make decisions about literally the lives of someone else. And they're also terrible people who should not have that authority. That's what this song is about. The state has empowered some people to carry weapons and execute justice and kill if yeah. necessary. Yeah. And some of those people wear pajamas in their part-time role as idiots. Right. And if that's the case, they need to be exposed. Right. And it's the case that this may be a systemic problem. And I think that's more what's going on here is it's it's not just one guy. And us supporting that system like i I think there's a there's a it's not just prescriptive but it's it's like you need to recognize that you support this system and this system is is controlling you and it the system is wrong hey tj yeah what do you say when you you know finally realize that you're you're under control and maybe something pithy maybe a crowd of people could yeah could say together when they get together and realize well i know what i think (laughs) but i'll never say it out loud and it's the build to that is excellent in terms of the dynamics dynamics end up being a huge part of a lot of the eight music of very severe nirvana does this just to jump ahead but the calm 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 and then you hit the chorus and it's distortion and Mm -hmm. energy and you feel the distinction yeah and good we talk a lot about uh ones fours and sevens as sort of like inviting people into this idealistic thing and and i don't know if this is can be specifically said about twos fives and eights but but eights definitely it's a big part of what they're doing in the world and and particularly when it comes to justice and fighting for the underdog and all of that is is to try and raise other people up to take charge of their own life yeah. it's 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 not like the the fundamental thing is i don't want anyone else to tell me what to do but what they're offering other people is a chance to to be in positions of power where they also don't are not under someone else's thumb. Yeah. And so like the build into this chorus that like, if you're listening to this song, you probably want to join in at this point. Like it's an invitation to come into your own power. It's not just, 
I won't do what you tell me, but it's a whole crowd of people saying, I won't do what you yeah. tell me. It's hard to escape the the revolutionary posture of this band. In fact, the mm-hmm. you know, De La Roche goes and fights in a civil war down south, down in, uh, I've already forgotten, I think it was a part of Mexico. Like that sure. It's just overrun by a very uh, toxic form of sure. like land ownership. Bulls on Parade, uh, Calm Like a Bomb, Guerrilla Radio, these all have that same justice-oriented, raise up the weak, be defensive, call out the toxic nature, specifically of capitalistic forms of government. Right. That Reagan-esque kind of, we're investing in the economy and in our military, and that's all we are as a nation. Mm -hmm. That posture is something that they are animated against that comes out in bulls on parade i'm just gonna to go to the second verse because it kind of builds on what you were saying the writer says Weapons, not food, not homes, not shoes, not need. Just feed the war cannibal animal. I walk the corner to the rubble that used to be a library lineup to the mind cemetery now. What we don't know keeps the contracts alive and moving. They don't got to burn the books. They just remove them while arms our warehouse fill up as quickly as cells. We rally around the family pocket full of shells lots of imagery here about investing in weapons in order to protect a, a country that lacks people able to read able to uh there's no investment in the folks it's just mm-hmm. the bulls are on parade because they're churning out weaponry yeah and i think this, this is a good way to point to something that i think is often sort of fundamentally misunderstood about eights because they're we assign power, aggression, uh, all of these words that we use to describe the quote-unquote strongman are the same kinds of ideas that we use to, to describe eights. And I don't think they're the same thing mm. because eights are concerned about justice. Unhealthy eights want to be the one in charge, but eights want to... Like, eights are concerned about who has the power. It's not about making sure I have the power and everyone else is under my thumb. That's not what they want. Right. And and this is, a, this is an eight recognizing that when all we do is make ourselves more powerful with weaponry, then we're sacrificing everything that's good. Well said. And, yeah, it's... Yeah, speaking out against that is is a full recognition that like the type of aggression that we assign to eights is not how we should be viewing them, and and there's more to them than than just the strongman. The strongman is a is a fool. The strongman is not someone who is all powerful and therefore should be leading. The strongman is someone who is able to convince everyone that he's strong. And I'm I'm getting way off track here, but like nope. the, eights and the strongman are not the same thing. 
smart, healthy eights are going to recognize that the strong man is not a good leader. Yeah. The, one of the things, and this is just a warning for eights, is it, it is the case that a lot of times the reason eights can identify people who abuse their power is that they see those same tendencies in yeah. themselves. Yeah. And if you were to look at the landscape of folks who have had public failures of, of misusing their power, um, specifically recently, I've, uh, just a handful of church leaders that come to my mind, they, mm-hmm. they, uh, there are a, a slew of eights who have been put in positions of power where they are elevating the weak among them, but then turn and abuse. Yeah. Can't do that. Like, yep. And, but I think there is a, I understand what you're doing. Yeah. You know, going on. And that's why like eights of goodwill and wise choices actually can be really valuable on this front. Right. Rage Against the Machine, though, I think I think there's a lot of id going off there. Like sure. the, yep. the 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 wisdom may not be as tightly knit to uh, <laughs> to to what's being prescribed. Sure. The thing about Trent Reznor's music is he there there is uh, there's a lot of body going on here, but gonna move in some different ways. The sensual side sure. is I think gonna come out more. Yeah. And yeah, uh, there's a there's a lot of physicality in in Nine Inch Nails. TJ and I had a beloved heat source in our building, <laughs> which we affectionately called the Resnor because yeah. it was emblazoned on the side, Resnor. So apparently yeah. Trent, Rez- Resnor. Trent Resnor's <laughs> family created these industrial heating systems. Yeah. Warehouse heaters. Yeah. We'll talk about another set of, well, I suppose De La Roche is of this sort and maybe even Annie Lennox. The, they are creating new styles of music that are very aggressive. Mm-hmm. And Reznor creating industrial music in the '90s was a thing, yeah. Um, and arguably, you know, his work on uh, the Social Network. If you haven't got a chance to listen to that soundtrack recently, really worth doing. It's very, again very physical. It's understated, but you can feel that soundtrack, and it's arguably the best soundtrack of the 21st century. I don't know about that, but I mean, come it's on, good. Please. Aside from the stuff that is in Nolan films, I suppose. Oh, you don't even know. Get out of here. Who, who are you putting on this list? I got. I got. Uh, real... There's a ton of stuff that should go on this list. Let's move on. <sighs> the, the, that and Reznor stuff on uh, Social Network, and then on Watchmen. Watchmen is also just quality. Anyway, he transitions out of his id state because, like, he was he was like renting out the uh, the Manson murder mansions to record <laughs> some of his his dark stuff. He's like, I really want to get in the mood, get into a yeah. physical space where I can feel the darkness. Mm-hmm. Get that, yeah. Anyway, lots of topics <laughs> about being controlled though with with Reznor. Uh, we'll start with bite the hand. You're keeping in step in the line, got your chin held high, and you feel just fine because you do what you're told, but inside your heart is black and it's hollow and it's cold. That is, again, excess id unleashed in music, yeah? And just, yeah, just putting it all right out front. And yeah. Very yeah. direct about what, there, what the problem there is. There are not flowery metaphors in this. <laughs> are you saying that will you chew until it bleeds in terms of the hand that is controlling you is in a flowery He's metaphor? Just <laughs> cutting right to the chase. Can you get up off your knees? Yeah. The the whole chorus. Just 
And like I've I've literally had conversations with eight friends where, or or even been a bystander with eight friends who like the attitude is it, it's not advice to help someone improve. It's like, hey, do you do you want to get better? Then here's the crap you need to do. Right. That's it. Yep. Yeah. 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 There it is. It's also yeah. It's prescriptive and it's about power. Yeah. And it, again, defensive for somebody being abused on, on that front. Like, are you going, yeah. are you going to sit here? Yeah. Action oriented cut to the chase. Yeah. There's, there's problems to solve and you can do it. Very, aggr- very aggressive. Lots of physical imagery. Yeah. I would like one that I am. I couldn't print off the lyrics to closer. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. I have to Google them now. <laughs> I want to fuck you like an animal is a, uh, oh, yeah. right up uh-huh. front. <laughs> but in terms of to sneak back to Annie Lennox on this front, um, this one is a little less restrained and much more. Here's my like just a, a very assertive sexual posture. Yeah, and and uh, we haven't really mentioned this yet. The the eight thing that sort of like crass on purpose. Putting yeah. putting the putting the thing that's inappropriate to say out there, in part because that's testing their boundaries, mm-hmm. in part because it cuts to the chase, um, and like it, it's just a it's like writing a song like that has to come from someone who's you know intentionally trying to upset someone, you know right. Yeah. yeah, the the writing of the song itself right. is right is a pushing. Yeah, I hope my mom never listens to this. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Similar themes for Reznor in Head Like a Hole. These are all just very famous songs from the '90s, but um, you're gonna hear it again in terms of the focus on control and similar themes to Rage Against the Machine. The the object that is being addressed. In the song, he just calls God money. Mm-hmm. God money is is this concept that is deserving of challenge. Yeah. God money. God money doesn't seem like a very good person. <laughs> God money seems kind of someone I don't, don't want to be associated with. Pre-chorus is all control. But 
There's also the control of your controlled by the God money. Right. Mixture there of like, uh, again, of economics mixture of like, don't you realize that you're selling your, your soul, your heart, everything you are for, you know, the, for the dollar. And uh, mm-hmm. I mean that understanding the economics itself as practiced in the nation that you're in has power over you. That's something worth naming for Rage Against the Machine, and it's named here by Nine Inch Nails. Yeah. And I think there's also a, like, tying in the the multifaceted nature of uh, life as a, a person in America who is facing, like, th- the fullness of capitalism on one side and the fullness of religion on the other. And yeah. Like they demand everything from you in order to please these these deities that don't actually want you. They want to control you. Right. Like it's all about con- the way that he approaches this subject is all about control. But here the the pre-chorus and chorus end up having that rebellious that uh, rebellion against the economic system and mm-hmm. don't. I'm not going to be controlled by you. And then it's almost mockery. Underneath it all is I'd I'd rather die than give you control, and he's screaming yep. that. Yep. You want to talk about hurt? I always want to talk about hurt. <laughs> That's a very discussable song. In fact, <laughs> thing about hurt, as is well known, is that uh, you know hurt is popular. It's off downward spiral, which I, I assume is his most popular album. But this gets taken up by another artist and embraced, internalized, changed a little bit, and it's worth just naming. So Johnny Cash does a phenomenal cover of her, maybe like top cover ever, like on that short list. One of the uh, greatest songs of all time, and it's a cover. I hurt myself today to see if I still feel I focus on the pain the only thing that's real the needle tears a hole the old familiar sting try to kill it all away but I remember everything What have I become My sweetest friend Everyone I know Goes away in the end And you could have it I will let you down 
when when you have a 25 year old talking about their heroin addiction and you know poking a needle into their arm to see if they still feel that that says something about them when you have a 72 year old singing that it's a little bit different yeah and when cash brings the song up and it it is just bathed in nostalgia mm-hmm. for what has happened especially if you see how the the video works yeah um but Reznor is having existential musings and tra- and again very physical you know the the whole we haven't talked about this since we talked about for the four eight overlap just consistently comes up yeah, doesn't it yeah yeah especially when we're talking about music uh, <laughs> any kind of artist yeah any kind of artist eight is like are they a four or are they an eight are they a four or are they an eight there is some i i myself have never done heroin but the sensual nature of heroin see pulp fiction for example sure the, the eights Tarantino is definitely an eight. Tarantino <laughs> coming to just notice some of the vocabulary used. Yeah, but the, oh yeah. the, I fully believe that his his scene of uh, heroin use in Pulp Fiction is just like just so erotic. Mm-hmm. And there's some of that here. Yeah, and of trying to find meaning in just the absolute basement. And there's like there's a level of control and for some reason several of my favorite songs are about heroin and uh, like I, I didn't choose them because I knew they were about heroin I I love them and then I later found out they were about heroin and that I, I, I have no idea I've never tried heroin and I probably never will because I know that I will love it uh, <laughs> but like there, there's a sense of like thinking about other artists who are not eights writing about heroin. There, there, there's a lot about the, the like it, it's not so much about the way that heroin controls your life. It's often about different kinds of subjects and feelings and the way it sort of affects other things. But, but when. Reznor writes a song about heroin <laughs> like like here it is like I hurt myself to see if I could still feel like it's it, that that line is entirely about control and understanding exactly. of the self and and like he he is writing from a place of recognizing the control that heroin or even depression or or whatever else like the detachment from his feeling center has now taken over his life and he doesn't have a clear sense of who he is or what he is capable of and this is a place where i think eights live like not being in control of your not having that solid connection to your feeling center means that you not only do you not know your own feelings but you don't know how how you affect other people you don't know how your behavior affects the people around you and like people who are on heroin or massively depressed or like like this song represents so well and so clearly so much about not knowing the effect you have on the world around you and and starting to get a glimpse of that and it it changes how you see 
everything about your life. I hear that. The yeah, the, the I hear this very much from the I don't care what anyone thinks about me side of things. Like I've gone to that space. Yeah. Of I mean, this is isolation and like you will never control me posture. Mm-hmm. And yet he is incredibly aware that he's controlled yeah. by the drug. Yeah. And there's also, I suppose it needs to be said, the intensity of experience is all over the song. Yeah. And heroin use in general. I mean, you're there there is I mean, there's a severity desired. Mm-hmm. Last line of this, um, ends up just being crushing, especially in the cash version, which is the the piano is just pounding and it even mm-hmm. distorts intentionally. And so again, the yeah. physicality raises up. What have I become? My sweetest friend. Everyone I know goes away. And you could have it all My empire of dirt I will let you down I will make you hurt If I could start again A million If I could start again a million miles away, I would keep myself. I would find a way. Yep. There's control. Yep. And it's all about control. And it's uh, dripping with melancholy as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of remembrance in this. Like, and if you read the, if you if you say this is pinned by an eight, then you're going into hard five space. Yeah. If you're getting into the past. Yeah. That's your only anchor into the past. And so this is out of a place of severe stress. Mm-hmm. I don't want to transition to the next artist because this is, we need to discuss how we're going to debate this. But Speaking but, of another eight in a <laughs> grunge position. May have had his own wrestling with heroin. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Cobain called his heroin uh, use his chiropractor. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go to the chiropractor. Yes. It's a great euphemism. So we, TJ and I had the debate in our, in our last conversation about whether Cobain's a eight or a four. Yeah. I think for our purposes, just because I know what the conclusion is, perhaps we can elevate both sides of the, we can together as opposed to debating this, let's, we can elevate. Here's the four space. Here's the eight space is what, what we see. And we can come down when we come, come to the end. And I think this is a, is a good, uh, window into like there is a space like fours and eights often have a really hard time with each other mm-hmm. because eights do not have time for the emotionality of fours and fours are so frustrated with the bluntness of eights and the like the the forcefulness of eights and and there's there's there can be so much tension there but they land in the middle of so many things when they can find it, yep. when they can find their 
almost devotion to what each of them calls authenticity and the almost insistence that other people experience the world the way they do and and like they there's there's so much that can be said about the places where they meet and and I think that Kurt Cobain is an excellent representation of like how much eights and fours can look like each other yeah. because it is a reasonable debate that he could be an eight or a four. Behavior identical in the motive is different. Yeah, I've in my mind we've we've talked about a handful of the four eights uh, when we talked about Clue. Uh, we mm-hmm. talked about Miss White being on that yeah. line. We talked about Han Solo having that four yeah. eight. Yeah. Um, and it's it's the way that anger can get expressed by some fours, and it's the mm-hmm. way that the push towards authenticity. And gets expressed by some eights. Yep. I had uh, just the experience, had a small high school. We had the rock that was next to the parking lot, very large kind of boulder, um, mm-hmm. which a, a large assortment, uh, not an assortment, but like 12 people would always go out to during lunch to, yeah. to smoke. Yeah, the smoker's rock. Yeah. Just populated, in my mind, by fours and eights who were all mm-hmm. dressed in black. Yep. And they're going there for different reasons. Right. But the expression comes out very right. similar. Especially in high school. Especially in high school. <laughs> the We're going to need to talk about the difference between anger and shame as an underlying feeling for Cobain. Mm-hmm. Is it body issues or is it heart issues will be at play? The aggression and withdrawing, and both of which you're going to see. Yeah. And... What is it that's behind, you know, what's the motive of the of the music? So the most four-ish song I think I wanted to put up front, because I think Great. Cobain's an eight, but I want to argue the point, and it's Come As You Are. Yeah. Come as you are, as you were, as I Memoria. The the chorus Memoria, 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 that's a past orientation. And mm-hmm. kind of as we were talking about with uh Reznor's music, if you're gonna get into the past as an eight, you're gonna have to be in stress. That may not be a natural place for you. Sure. But for fours, that is home base, yeah. Right. Oh yeah. Yeah. Fours are uh past past uh they they take in everything through a past filter and they think about it and process it and decide what to do from a past filter and um that that sense of uh like like not to say that fours don't make plans uh or or do things in the present they're not just sitting around only thinking about the past all the time but the way that they understand themselves in the world has to do with what has already happened to them and and there's a sense of in this there's a sense of uh like like there is a connection between us and that is the thing that defines our relationship is is our past experience yep yeah 
Second verse turns, and we had, uh, this is where things get, the, the, the language isn't very direct, and so there's just lots of metaphors. Some of the language that we're going to see in Cobain's music is going to be written just for the sake of the sound of the words. That's self-confessed. Mm-hmm. That's what he said about his own artwork. But right. some of it is going to be like, there, there are words that point to things that are real. Beginning yeah. of the second verse, come doused in mud, soaked in bleach, as I want you to be. Talked about heroin before. This is a, I believe it's the case that we wanted to say the image of bleach in a mud ends up being another heroin image. I read that right. somewhere. Uh, yeah. I did as well. The only thing I recall was that some that cleaning needles with bleach ensures that infection isn't spread. Sure. Yeah. And his first album, Nirvana's first album, is called Bleach as well. So this is a, I would, perhaps a focus. <laughs> Makes sense. If this is a song sung to the heroine, again, mm-hmm. as the lover, and, yeah. and this that may be a very, again, uh, with, with a lot of the artistic expressions of heroin use that has that as we said that sensual side right if he's singing right um i come to you doused in mud soaked in bleach as i want you to be as a trend as a friend as an old memory that's a very dark sensual way of coming to the substance oh yeah absolutely if it's about heroin this whole thing is also like a, a full acknowledgement of sort of the the complicatedness of the relationship with heroin it's it's like as a trend as a friend as an old memory like it 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 evokes the sort of physical understanding of what this drug is like yeah like it, it it's an old friend that is not really a friend but it's always there and like doused in mud soaked in bleach like the the, it's describing some of the experiences of heroin use in very sort of physical terms we're gonna see that same kind of posture of personifying things and something in the way where he's personifying animals but Mm -hmm. the thing about come as you are is just a dark turn at the end especially since we know Cobain's story of saying and when I swear I don't have a gun I don't have a gun and the his own wrestling with substance addiction and with su- suicidal right. meditations this is tough. I also think that, um, like, one one of the things that I read about this song is that that Cobain spoke about it as though, like, this song is written sort of as a, as in, like, thinking about the way that people are expected to show up in society. Yeah, and and it's not like like that treatment. Like, let's let's subtract heroin out of that. That yep. treatment of this song, that reading, the understanding of this song, like. Like you're expected to show up uh, as uh, as you are. Take your time, but like if you're late, it's 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 a problem. Uh, come doused in mud, soaked in bleach. Like you are supposed to show up the way I expect you to show up, and I don't have a gun. Uh, I'm I'm not gonna punish you. And like there there's also this this sort of tone of like actually like 
you were expected to show up a certain way, but if you come to me, show up the way that you are. Yeah. And if that is what he was intending, he also accidentally wrote his own experience into it, which has so much to do with heroin use. And and I think that that is another good point about like a four writing a song about this kind of thing wouldn't have accidentally mixed metaphors. But an eight who is not in touch with their own feeling center might have accidentally mixed metaphors. That's a, that's a great way to put that. A four, a four would have wanted to be seen in a way that was direct in using yes. the language, whereas the, the yes. eight isn't in touch with their center. I right. also think we could read the Annie Lennox stuff into this as well. The creating of space for the marginalized as a target for the for the writer. And we're going to mm-hmm. see this in a lot of the other songs that we see that that Cobain is a five foot nothing, you know, not not a very physically imposing person. Right. But when he has a guitar, he fills the yep. space with yep. energy and power and creates an atmosphere for for the for hit, for the target of his defensiveness. Right. And like like just thinking about there there's one empty the unplugged that everyone remembers Mm -hmm. and it's him yeah yeah just the exuding power Mm -hmm. it's hard to watch a live nirvana show and not think that like the 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 energy emanating from him is just just severe different than and it's it's not prince like prince is on stage in front of ninety thousand people and you're like i am captivated by that person yes yes Cobain's on stage and you're just like the intensity here is overwhelming and it's yep. very different experiences of, of them as performers. Yes. Um, I do want to circle back in terms uh, in the future to that idea of, of creating spaces for others. But um, if you were to look at the next two songs, I want to hit school and sliver. Both of these again, past focus songs, early songs, they're both off bleach. They are past focused, but they are written. If you were just to print off the lyrics, they're written in the way that Annie Lennox is writing stuff in the way that mm-hmm. Terry LaRoche is writing stuff. They are yeah. not written the way Prince is writing stuff about his past. Right. right. Prince is bringing out the beauties, uh, the romantic side. Yeah. Talk Co- about flowery metaphors. Right. Yeah. Cobain is angry and using nostalgia to to paint and just saying the same thing over and over and over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. And and that's just it. There's no metaphor here. There's what there is is very direct imagery. Won't you believe it? It's just my luck. Won't you believe it? It's just my luck. Won't you believe it? It's just my luck. No recess. No recess. New, no recess. Again, pushing into the id side of this, that man is, right. is controlled. His teacher <laughs> took away the one thing he wanted. Won't you believe it? It's just my luck. No recess. And like, like eights don't have a good anchor in the past. Like they, they don't have good connection to the their their understanding of the past and this is the thing that he remembers yeah that's it 
And it's a very emotional uh, in a in a way that's not descriptive. You know, it's it's this is the feeling I had of yep. being in a. I mean, it's not in a cage, but you know, it, when you listen to the song, he is irate. You know, in, ter- in terms of like, I mean, the energy of anger is just mm-hmm. severe. Yeah, Sliver is a better song, I think, on this front because there there is feelings and emotion here. It's pain, but it. Uh, yeah, I, I feel like that it's pain, emotional pain, but it's it's again kind of dripping with with some rage. Well, like I was trying to think of a way to point to this with school, but I like he can't because it's so thin. Like yep. he's cutting to the point and getting you to an emotional understanding without saying anything. Mm-hmm. But in this, like that, there is so much in the lyrics of this song in sliver that are presenting an emotional problem by talking about things that happened. Yeah. That's what it is. Yeah. His parents don't get divorced to my knowledge till a little bit later in his life, but it's push it's he's pushing into these places of nostalgia yeah. to express what he's feeling in the most, you know, later on. Right. And I've heard it and this won't be original to me, but the, a lot of the psychoanalysts of, of Cobain is that his parents' divorce was 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 very severe. It was the most important experience of his life, and really mm-hmm. sent him on the trajectory he had. But we don't know anything about what that's like, right? No, that's, that's foreign foreign business. Yeah. Our parents <laughs> divorcing when we were young was you know didn't really affect us that much. That's my favorite my favorite thing to share with people is off of uh, the book Generations which I just read which uh when you ask baby boomers what the most important thing that happened to them when they were young was they say Kennedy uh Kennedy's assassination. When you ask mm-hmm. uh Gen Z it's COVID. When you ask millennials yeah. it's 9/11 and when you ask Gen X and those that we adopt who are yeah uh, us elder millennials <laughs> you get to yeah. be included. The most common answer is the divorce of my parents is the uh-huh. most common answer for what the most important event of your childhood was. Yep, accurate. And that was just, that was the thing. And uh, like lots of people still get divorced and all the rest, but for whatever reason, like during that season, during that, you know, that generation, baby boom generation, that was apparently just a lot more common. It apparently yeah. is, is becoming very, very uncommon. Like it's just, you know, the percentages have really dropped of marriages sure. that end in divorce. Interesting. While we're down with tissue, drop me off the ground with yours. Give me screams to please the wrong. Now I'll take you home. 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 Grandma, take me home. Grandma, take me home. Grandma, take me home. Grandma, take me home. Control. See, he's he's not showing emotion. He's describing something that happened and your mind is immediately taken into an emotional place. Mm, talk about that. I mean, th- th- this is part of like eights, fours, and sixes. They want you to understand how they feel in a fight, like in, in a, yeah. you know, in a way to sort of solve problems. This is like, the, they are called the emotional response group. They want to communicate how they feel and they want to have you express an understanding and, and, hopefully reciprocate how they feel but like like they they want to solve the emotional part of the conflict and and they put that right out front and i don't think eights often know that and i don't think we often read it that way because they're often not actually talking about feelings 
but the, here it is. This is him describing something that happened and it immediately takes you to an emotional place. Yeah. Third verse is kind of strange, but notice said, why don't you stop cr- your crying? Go outside and ride your bike. That's what I did. I killed a toad. Grandma, take me home. Grandma, take me home. Grandma, take me home. Very violent image. Yeah. Um, and it's like, what? Retaliating is what I read there. Not against a person. Or expressing out. like Yeah. So eights often report that, like, like I, I remember hearing an eight say once that they experience all emotions as anger. Mm-hmm. And, like, a, anger becomes a way for them to sort of, like, understand and express other feelings. And, and unhealthy eights will just lean into that and, like, let all emotions be anger. Yep. And here is someone who is struggling with the divorce of his parents uh like all of the things are happening if if your parents have been divorced you know that like this this is a a time that is filled with all kinds of different emotions not n- not even to say about how we all process our own part in our parents divorce but like He's told to go, stop crying, go outside and ride your bike. And, and the way that his, his feelings come out, he killed a toad. It's a good way of it. Like, did that happen on purpose? Did he kill a toad because he had no other way to express his feelings? Did he kill a toad because he's a sociopath? Was it an accident? He doesn't say how he felt about it, but he is drawing you into a place of emotional experience. Yeah. Yeah, the feeling repressions all over this. Yeah, on that front. Yep. Most interesting verse for me is the end. After dinner, I had ice cream. I fell asleep and watched TV. I woke up in my mother's arms. Grandma, take me home. I that's just bathed in innocence for me mm-hmm. as opposed to mm-hmm. killing a toad. I woke up in my mother's arms ends up being a place of safety, of you know, of, of care and yep. it's all in the past. This yep. is not where he's at singing this song. Yep. Yeah, all of this like that that also describes what happened to my 3-year-old daughter last night. Mm-hmm. After dinner, she had ice cream and then fell asleep and watched TV woke up in her mother's arms like that that happened to my child yeah and luckily we're not you know fighting about a divorce but that that also brings me into a place of like as someone who went through my parents divorce this also brings me into a place of like like there was this sense of like pretending like nothing ever happened sometimes because they were trying to help us have a normal childhood right and that's not real so Again, the take me home, take me home, take me home. Mm-hmm. There's something really powerful mm-hmm. with that kind of imagery yeah. and yeah. the point to countless movies and all the rest. Um, Yearning for that kind of, the days of that kind of innocence. Yeah. Innocence is a important word for eights, yeah? Yeah. Oh, yeah. We'll, we'll talk about this in an upcoming episode. We're going to interview Hunter Mobley, but virtue for eights is innocence. Yeah, we'll get into it later, but like it, it's not about like being childish. It's not about like 
not having experiences. It's an it's an openness to the world. It's it's not insisting on putting on armor. It's it's living in a place where you haven't yet learned that you have to protect yourself. Yeah. That's a good way to put it. And this song is all about someone who is learning how to protect themselves. Speaking of protection. So the next song is a very graphic song. Apparently Cobain uh, read an article in the paper about a man who had kidnapped a woman and had kept her kind of chained in his basement mm-hmm. um, and had done awful things to her. But she was, it, what was interesting is that Cobain was, uh, she escaped. Yeah. And Cobain saw the strength of a woman escaping a captor and was just, uh, was really attracted to that image. Yeah. And so he wrote a song about it. And it's very, you know, again, it's a very graphic song, Polly is. And this is off of Nevermind. Um, but there, there, are, there are a couple of places where he elevates female strength in that situation. And that just screams eightness to me in yeah. terms of he's appreciating the strength exhibited. Yeah. Um, just to jump to the last verse and chorus where this comes out, uh, the rest is just set up. But Polly says her back hurts She's just as bored as me She called me off my guard Amazes me the will of instinct Isn't me having seed Amazes me the will of instinct Both Polly and then when we get to In Utero and, and the song Rape Me Both have that kind of quality to them Mm-hmm. of seeing things of, of this is again the eightness seeing his own predatory tendencies he sure. can he can jump into the position of the aggressor because mm-hmm. that's the song is written from that vantage point and yet he is very much elevating the quote unquote the victim here um, right and showcasing their strength right yeah I think that that's a that's a big that's a really important thing uh, that eights do is like they're attracted to people standing up for themselves, you know? And, and I also think it's, it's really like the thing that stuck out to me in this song, like when I was doing my research on this one, is that like a lot of the controversy about this song had to do with the fact that he was writing it from the perspective of a serial rapist and sort of inviting us to identify ourselves in that position as well. And, and sort of like, writing this song about female empowerment about about the strength of the victim but from the perspective of the aggressor right. is a really interesting way to sort of like even the playing field to to sort of like make us all see ourselves in both sides of the story yeah which i think like Eights are going to be really good at drawing your attention to where the power is and where you sit in the hierarchy. Right. Yeah. And and even identifying yourself, like part of why they are, are so attracted to saying the inappropriate thing and like being crass and, and, and like all of that is because they want to draw out the worst parts of ourselves so that we face the truth yeah. in that. That's a, that's exactly it. 
Yeah. That comes out in the song in terms of the pushing into intensity of experience. I yep. re- we I could probably name some four things here in a second, but just to sit with the eight for a second, the intensity of experience is all over the song. Yes. The man yes. pulls out a blowtorch at one point. Yeah. And the I love that image that it's I'm putting all of this on the tables for it to be mm-hmm. seen and yep. consumed. Let's deal with the reality instead yeah. of just pretend like these inappropriate things are in a drawer somewhere. Let's put right. it all on the table and face the truth. Mm. Some of them want to use you. Some of them want yeah. to be abused by you. See? Let's put it all out there. Think about in just a circle background the when you see in utero there's something about cobain in terms of creating space for trans people for people who are queer and for female power the the cover of in utero is not what you necessarily expect from a rock album in the 90s this isn't Mm. how motley crew rolls you know (laughs) poison does not have a pregnant woman and her anatomy on their cover he is creating space with the power that he has for those who are of a different gender to have space right and you see it in some of the photography like if you if uh, there's pictures of cobain in a cheerleader outfit actually my favorite i think of the nirvana is he's in a cheerleader outfit and all the rest of the band is in these dark black uh you know leather coats perfect yeah looking very much like they're going to a village people concert in in part (laughs) but he's smiling in this pink cheerleader outfit it's hilarious um but he did some you know it's similar to smashing pumpkins i suppose like the the wearing of the dresses and kind of using some uh female expressions Mm -hmm. in his dress it became a thing for Cobain there. Yeah. You see it in, in Euro. And again, in Rape Me, you're, again, you're, you're exposing something very terrible in a, in a song because we need to talk about this. Mm-hmm. It also could be said that this is very unique. You know, <laughs> it's a, it could be said if you were going to do the four side. But I mean, there again, like he's not, I think there is something to be said about cobain wanting to be his true self like like not really settling for um leaning into what other people expect of him like he's he's creating so much music that is changing the way that we think about music and like he's not doing the things that that other musicians around him are doing he's he's pushing he's he's moving the ball forward he's He's trying to change things, he, and he's trying to do it from a really authentic place. And and I think there's a lot to be said about his desire to to be true to himself, mm-hmm. and and the fact that that is uh, uh, so many so much of that stands out from like the normal like the zeitgeist at the time. Uh, I think that's good and important, but I don't think his drive was to stand out. Correct. In fact, it's the opposite in some ways. Yeah. When Nirvana hit, I remember you know it was right when MTV was kind of shifting, and they and Nirvana ended up being a huge part of their success, kind of as they're mm-hmm. transitioning and you know the style and all the rest. They're getting awards, and Cobain was making jokes about how. You know, what are you going to do now? He's like, well, I think I'm going to take this award and throw it in my toilet when I get right. home. Because it just doesn't matter. It's just a waste of time. And there's also the rejection of being controlled by that industry. Yeah. Famous picture, again, of, of him with uh, on the cover of Rolling Stone, and he's written on his T-shirt, 
corporate rock magazines suck. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Yep. And it's, uh, you're not going to control me. Well, let me make special mention as we get into this next song that all these songs are in the present voice. They are not in the past voice. Even if he's speaking yeah. about the past, he's he, the the language is coming forth in the present. So yep. this is the last song on Nevermind is Something in the Way. Popularized, not popularized, I shouldn't say that. It's a popular song. Used by the fantastic Batman movie, which TJ will affirm is just a work of art, amazing. Are you thinking of a different friend named TJ? <laughs> Paul Dano. Paul Dano was great. Paul Dano was <laughs> I really liked the Batman. Yeah, I know you did. Uh, this is this is where the f- the four broody ness. That's all over that movie. But I'm gonna yes. with the song. Yes. Yeah, the emo eyes and the... that's what I was looking for. on this i think this might be sort of the most four-ish song that well it's definitely the most four-ish song that we have of his that Mm -hmm. that's included in our list um but it's so like like being in the way uh, like there's a sense of fours feeling that they are like there's something about them that keeps them outside, that keeps them away from uh, the kind of happiness, the the enjoyment of life, the the inclusion that other people seem to naturally have, and and he like this song shows like seeing himself as like just like there's something wrong with me that keeps me from being anything other than just something in the way, right. But he's not talking about the emotions of it. He's not talking about the feeling. He's talking about something physically, like I'm physically in the way. There's something about both fours and eights where other people say they're too much. Mm -hmm. Yep. And this is, uh, you had brought this up in our last recording, apparently in a fight at his house, perhaps between his parents, this is something that got communicated to him and he's living in that space that I'm something in the way. And so yeah. I'm going to go live under a bridge instead, apparently. Yeah. Um, fuck you. I won't do what you tell me. It's <laughs> right. right. Perhaps going yeah. on in his head and heart. Yeah. This, the, the story about this song is that, that he ran away from home and lived under a bridge for a little while. And that there's some debate about whether or not anyone could actually live underneath that bridge and whether this actually happened but but the the sense of it is still really important from the writer's perspective and um the like honing in on that idea of like being something in the way i think is what we should attach ourselves to not whether or not kurt cobain actually lived underneath the bridge 
this is if you if you listen to the last song they did, which is you know you're right. The the themes are the same. Of I'm gonna I'm gonna leave and you won't have to worry about me anymore. You know mm-hmm. I'm uh, I'm not gonna be I'm not gonna be this thing in your space. Yeah. Very yeah. and there's something about the something in the way is a very physical image. Mm-hmm. I mean it could be emotional, but on the eight side that is yeah. a, that's a physical image. Yeah. And there is certainly something to be said about the push pull nature of fours, the um finding the finding themselves in the space that they like the kinds of relationships they were hoping to find and and realizing that it's not the perfect thing that they thought it might be. They sort of push that person away. That happens a lot with fours. Mm-hmm. Um and there is like a a well like uh, that sort of like, well, fine. If 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 this isn't working out, then I'll just then I'll just leave, and and I won't be a bother to you anymore. Like that that sort of martyr syndrome um, comes out in four language a lot, but but with fours, it's a desire to pull. Like a big part of that is a like I am retreating to see if you'll actually come get me. Yeah. And when eights leave, I don't think that's what they want. Exactly right. No, the, we could name other songs by them, by Cobain, like Stay Away. Uh-huh. It's a, a fairly aggressive. I mean, yeah. actually, let me read down a couple of other names, just the names of songs. Sure. And tell me if these strike you as fourish or eightish. Stay Away, Territorial Pissing, Tourette's, Aneurysm, Moist Vagina, Breed, Serve the servant. Jesus doesn't want me for a sunbeam. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, those are uh, those are intentionally aggressive and off-putting lyrics. They they just strike me as I'm putting up the barbed wire kind of ways of coming to the world, mm-hmm. um, and intentionally crass, as we were kind of saying. Yeah, yeah, um, with some of those. Last thing on on uh, something in the way is that it, it feels a lot like some of Annie Lennox' lyrics, where it's j- the tarp has sprung a leak uh, underneath the bridge. It, it, it just had the again the physical nature of his experiences kind of all mm-hmm. over this, and he's trapping animals, which is a yep. control issue. Yep, and it's probably you know again he's what I'd, I'd probably saying something about himself in that these the trapping of animals. Yeah. All right, you want to talk about Teen Spirit to wrap this sucker up? It sure doesn't smell like Teen Spirit here. <laughs> it's a, do you know the story behind the title of the song? I've heard it, but remind me. So apparently, uh, Cobain is sleeping with a with a girl, and her friend oh, yeah. spray paints on his wall. Kurt smells like Teen Spirit because uh-huh. she had been wearing. Uh, you know this this cheaper you know target right, right, store yeah. you know perfume and so that's how she knew you know that there was love making going on is that kurt yep. smells like teen yep. spirit cheap perfume worn by this girl that he's hooking up with this is again one of the songs it's just all power the 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 lyrics don't make sense uh, see weird al yankovic's parody which is about how this song is about we can't understand what you're saying it just smells like nirvana was the name there but it's it's all free association 
And we had talked about this. It's again the Beethoven side. I want you to feel something. And the the mm-hmm. lyrics are stated not for their content, which again, it doesn't seem like that's what fours do. They're they're right. they're, they're stated for their visceral feel. Hello, hello, yeah. hello, hello, how low is doesn't doesn't have any content, but it, it makes you feel a certain way. Mm-hmm. It draws you into it. In a, yeah. Load up on guns, bring your friends. It's fun to lose and to pretend. She's overboard and self-assured. Oh no, I know a dirty word. But it's right. but the the but the lines kind of are what meditative almost um, mm-hmm. again well, it, it feels like it's a, taking you somewhere in a similar way to the to how like some of the we talked about some of the sevens that like their stuff isn't about anything anything it's just entertaining in a similar way eights who are right next to sevens and a lot a lot of eights lean pretty hard on their seven wing. Mm-hmm. Uh, like that, that like lust and gluttony are, are they're, they're bosom buddies and, and the like pulling you into the experience for sevens is about an adventure. It's about, it's like bigness. It's, it's like we're going somewhere for eights. It's, it's so sensual. It's so visceral. Like that's what lust is about. It's about about intensity and and like the the words don't matter so long as they serve the function of pulling you into the the sense that he's trying to evoke yep that's a, it's excellent the only thing other content i mean if you were to read down the lines again they, they kind of they're trying they make you feel a certain way a mulatto, an albino, a mosquito, my libido. Bringing in libidos, it's again, when you talk about sex, something goes off in your brain. Right. And it, it like, and it's similar to other things we've said about this artist, it is being thrown out there to be something to discuss or to, you know, to awaken something in you yeah and then put it all on the table yep yeah i read something once that uh someone described this song as uh uh what was it an anthem for apathetic kids that's i i hear that However, go ahead. Yeah, so so like I I don't think that's a fair assessment of what this song is, but I think there is something to point at there that like like Gen X in general, uh, the the sort of the nature of like Kurt Cobain as an eight, sort of trying to draw you like pull like surround you with these sort of visceral experiences, like that it it doesn't matter what you say because. The words don't matter. Mm-hmm. It it's the sense of knowing, and like part of what apathy really is truly about is it's not like the thing that we're talking about doesn't matter, and and there's something underneath that is more important. I think that's 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 a good way to think about 
this song. Well, this song is important. What it's about is important. The words that he's saying are not what it's about. Part of just the title Gen X is is that we're a generation in search of an answer by right. the very nature of the name. Yeah. We didn't have a war to fight like the greatest generation had World War II, boomer generation had Vietnam, and then it comes to us and we're and there's not a there's not a battle to fight. What there is is a sense of what's the meaning going to be for us because the battle that we actually had to fight is what was kind of mentioned earlier it, it was much more on the home front it was that our right. our homes fell apart and we didn't have a home and and so we're looking for that and the song here isn't apathy this is a song of rage at how you've burned down mm-hmm. everything that i was supposed to enjoy and cherish as a young person. Right. We hate you right. is what comes out in, in a lot of the music in terms of my heart. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's easy for observers and especially, uh, especially older observers to look at the, the kind of apathetic youth that we're talking about and use words like apathetic youth but the reality is, it's not that they're apathetic. It's just that you haven't given them anything to care about. The yeah. things that you care about are not nearly as important as you think they are. God money. And they don't care about them. It's yeah. not that they're apathetic to everything. It's that they don't care about the things that you care about. It's so easy to poke holes in God money. Right. It's a terrible idol. Yep. Congratulations. You built your career, divorced your wife, burned down your family so that you could have higher net worth. Right. It's useless. Yep. It's it's a terrible pursuit, and you are willing to deal with the casualties around you. Right. I, I realize, like, if you actually read down Teen, teen Spirit, so somebody, an outsider might go, Man, I don't see any of that in those lyrics, my my friend. <laughs> I think this is a stretch. I think like the the thing the one thing he says over and over again. If that's the only thing that has content in this whole song, that's enough. Because it's it's this sense of almost resignation, but it's it's fury at the position that you're in. It's it's this is the anthem of Gen X mm-hmm. of of sort of being lost in the in the battle of like here here are the important things on either side of you and you're supposed to pick a side, but really like, like, like all we're allowed to do is just be here and let you entertain us. Yeah. Like that's apparently what you set up. Yeah. Give me something to care about. Yeah. That's actually it. It's the, the lyrical style actually communicates something and it's that all of this stuff that you've handed us is meaningless. Yeah. And so if, if that's where we're at, it's dark because the lights are out. 
and there's a strong sense of yep. aware of his own vulnerabilities because it's less dangerous, et cetera. Mm -hmm. But if it's the, the, the line of here, the, which is the only repeated line aside from a denial and hello is here we are now entertaining this. And that's because that's apparently what you set up, you set up your entire culture to be about that. Right. And it's meaningless. That's the thing. Yep. It's meaningless. Yep. And that's why the X is there. <laughs> we need some meaning. The last line ends up being sheer rage, and it is spitting at somebody. A denial of You can shake your fist at culture, shake your fist at your family structure, shake a fist at God, shake a fist at all the things. This is this is why it's such an eight chart to me. So much energy, so much anger. Yeah. And 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 the feeling of repression. Yeah. In our in our previous <laughs> recording, uh, I said a denial, a denial, a denial, and you said how, and I said, uh, well, a four would be able to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> Which made me laugh. We were funny in that one. <laughs> we were funny in this one. Yeah, I hope so. You know what I'm gonna do? What? I've, I've, I can give a gift to the folks. I'm gonna I'm gonna put our initial conversation uh, on the Patreon. Mm, we don't nice. mention the Patreon very yeah. often. What the second thing ever that we've done for their Patreon subscribers, except express our love for them. The, the you folks who are still supporting us on the Patreon are just uh, that it actually means a lot to us personally, it does. and we actually use the tools to to do things like like getting mics for people that we want to have on so that they don't have crappy mics. Right. But on Patreon, which is linked at our our uh, website, which is aroundthecircle.org, we'll pu I'll put a link on Patreon and uh, just put the raw mix of our first recording, which has our eight four Kurt Cobain throwdown. And there we go. apparently some funnier jokes. Yeah. You will have to know that the quality is kind of lacking. Yeah. It's rough. And no music will be added. And it's not fully edited, so I cannot oh, it's not guarantee at all. that we didn't say things that we should have <laughs> cut out. And that's why this is not going to be public. I don't recall it. I don't recall any faux pas on that front. Yeah, you were super distracted by how bad the audio was. Though. I mean, I listened to the whole thing, though, today. <laughs> Oh, Walked you, ahead. Okay. I thought I thought it was really a quality conversation. Okay, I was good, like, good. I actually kept saying to myself, "Damn it, are we, how did this go so badly? This yeah, would have been I a know. great podcast." Yeah, forgot to hit one button. <laughs> you know what? Also, is at our our website. What we are having events. If you are in 2023, you will see events for uh, our February Colorado event will be listed there. Yeah, uh, we're going to be doing a. a uh, conference in colorado on next steps so like wherever you're at in your in your experience of the enneagram and growth and development and all the rest next steps it's gonna be great material and we're gonna build on stuff that we've done in the past yeah i'm excited about that likewise at the website are links to the monthly zoom meetings that we have so if you want to join us and just talk shop about uh, the book project tj and i are doing um, that's going to be linked there and as always, stars are appreciated. Although I'm going to stop saying this because nobody ever gives us any stars anymore. 
Just we, Everyone we tapped who's out. going to has already done it. 275, man. We're just done. <laughs> Prove me wrong. I'll give you more Patreon-free content if you if you go and oh, give man. us stars on Spotify and iTunes. Just just want to put it out there. I would feel that manipulation from a <laughs> mile away, and I would never. I would retract stars rather than give you the thing that you're asking for right now if I was just a listener. Rage Against the Machine has a song that can tell you where to stick it. Uh, <laughs> 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 That's what I got. You got anything else? I got nothing. Man. This is only like, dear listener, this is a three-hour recording. Uh, <laughs> a three-hour recording. <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. He's DJ Wilson. He is officially a dad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm Jeff Cook. Who you aren't is not interesting. <laughs>